0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Chris Ontiveros, AKA Cashflow Chris, which I think is a really neat nickname. Um, Another player in the Phoenix market, and he's gonna talk today about how he's bought 130 doors in the last 18 months. Ridiculous numbers. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I help entrepreneurs create businesses that support their family, lifestyle, and goals through mentorship. I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. If you want to be part of that, drop me a message on Instagram at steve.trang. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for this show, I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask this is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on, that way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Chris to answer. You ready? Oh, I'm ready, I
1: love Q&A, let's do it. All right, perfect. So what got you into real estate? What got me into real estate? So back in uh, the early 2000s, I was up in Portland, Oregon, and I was having a lot of fun. In my early twenties, but my life wasn't really going anywhere. I never went to, you know, I well, actually I went to a lot of colleges. I never <laughs> finished college. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I actually got in a really bad car accident, and so that brought me back here to Phoenix, so my mom could take care of me, man, because mm-hmm. my my uh, my roommate sure as heck wasn't going to take care of me, and I, I was in a bad <laughs> way. Yeah. Um. So I, while I was reha, uh, on the mend. My mom had just gone to a Rich Dad event in in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and so I found Cash Flow Quadrant, mm-hmm. and I read Cash Flow Quadrant. Blew my mind before thinking uh, before uh, Rich Dad party. Uh huh. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't know who he was. I, yeah. I didn't know anything about the entrepreneur space. I right. was just I partied. I just did whatever. Right. Um, Cash flow Quadrant blew my mind because I didn't even know that this was possible. I didn't know I could be an entrepreneur. I didn't know about investing, but owning a business, those mm-hmm. types of things. Right. And then yeah, from there it went to Rich Dad, and uh, from there I quit my job. I got at my written, uh inbound sales, twelve dollars an hour, yeah. crappy job. Yeah, I got yelled at by old people who had a 50 dollar bill like <laughs> i got yelled at by people where i don't want to end up where they are you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah i quit that job and uh got my real estate license and uh, started learning sales in what year uh 2004 december 2004 i got my right. license Yeah, license
0: 2004 so you yeah. get to enjoy a little bit of that
1: run up it was crazy yeah it was actually kind of difficult to find to get a deal done because everything sold so fast. I was brand new. So I kind of hopped into the rental Mm. uh, market. I would, this was when uh, Craigslist was brand new. So all I would do as a realtor, I would go find an out-of-state number and I would call them and offer to list their house for rent, um, Mm. you know, for like 500 bucks. And that's how I made money and that's how I built my investor list as well. Wow, well people don't know, you
0: know, getting started in that time
1: it we was so hard
0: to find a house that people would follow the trucks with the posts in the back. Yes. And as soon as the post is in the ground, you would call that sign. It's like, hey, I have a buyer for this house. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy time. It was
1: insane. We're, we're feeling a little bit of that now. We are a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's houses were sold before the posts went in the ground. It, yeah. I, I bet you that's a true story. That's like an urban, urban legend, but no, I that's bet real. you that's true. That's like, real. It was wild here.
0: Okay, so you started dealing with out-of-state investors mm-hmm. as a realtor listing the rental properties. Yep. And then, how did you get to, you know, become Cashflow Chris?
1: Okay, yeah. So, that's how I got started, you know, we ramped up, I, you know, I had, you know, some success pretty mm-hmm. quickly in in sales. Um, Listing rentals. Yeah. No, no, no. So that's just how I got started. Eventually, okay. I started working with buyers and taking listings in mm-hmm. your traditional real estate. I mean, you should have seen me. I had a nice blue shirt and khaki pants for every day, for every day of the week, which... <laughs> me too. That's why I got <laughs> out of it. It drove me <laughs> crazy. But uh, no, I became good, pretty good at sales. We were talking mm-hmm. earlier. I, I joined to- Toastmasters. I took a lot of sales training, and I got pretty decent at it, but my most successful year though actually that was the first year that i ramped up to six figures mm. i got into real estate cuz i didn't want a boss and i realized i had like 50 bosses cuz yep. every single client that i took on was my boss they mm-hmm. were in charge and so that's when i really decided you know i need to start getting into uh investing and and you know buying buying properties so and then the market crashed right right so that was rough you know but I got on with a REO company, yeah. So, Oh, which one? Um, it was. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. I don't even remember the name. I don't remember the name. You want to let the listeners know who which what yeah. REO company is? Okay, so it's now 2009, and we massive amounts of foreclosures, like. Thousands and thousands of houses in the Phoenix area are in foreclosure, especially the South Phoenix market, which is where I was located. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of new builds, right? South Phoenix, Levine, lots of brand new houses, and they were going into foreclosure. So an REO company, uh, real estate owned, they, uh, the banks like Chase Bank of America, they'll hire an asset management company to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. They just gotta sell them. Well, the asset management- Almost company, like a disposition agent exactly but their job is to get rid of them as soon as possible right or because you know they can't they can't do loans there's a lot of reason why they mm. sell REOs quickly the asset management company I worked for mm. took a, a different look at it because it was a race to the bottom it was right yeah. I, I would have a Bank of America listing and there would be seven others in the neighborhood so I'd point at that one oh we got to be less than them and then they got to be less than us so everybody's mm. dropping dropping. And they had to go to cash buyers because, you know, you'd have a missing AC or little stuff, right? So it's a brand new house, mm-hmm. but it's missing an AC unit. So they're going to take a $40,000 discount. Right. So our asset management company taught us how to do um, cosmetic remodels. So on something like that, we would carpet, paint, throw an AC unit, and we would sell it for 40000 for more mm-hmm. for the bank. So we would make them more money. And it wasn't too much more time, a little bit. But, so that's how basically I got paid to flip like 30 or 40 homes. Mm, cool. And so yeah, so when the market started getting better, all those ended up drying up. I lost all my REO accounts eventually. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm in, let's do it. And I started fixing and flipping. I actually, I know this is for a wholesaler show. While I do wholesale as a tool, I've never been a wholesaler. Mm. Just because yeah. I, I was able to sk- skip that.
0: Yeah, so that's
1: pretty cool. And
0: you know being an REO agent it was just its a different time <laughs> um, so i remember like for the bank properties you had to put the signs up like you didn't have a you didn't have a choice yeah. right but i also know that the moment i put a sign up an AC getting stolen mm-hmm.
1: so with my clients oh yeah I so was... <laughs> i got a good story about that so people would literally find they would once they were listed people would search the MLS every day to know what AC to steal yeah i had one mm-hmm. asset they they sent it to us. We had it for a month. The day I listed it, that mm-hmm. night, AC got stolen. So yeah. people were literally fishing off the MLS. Right. So I
0: had clients where I would tell them like, Hey, you know what? I just when we go live, I am not putting a sign in your yard. <laughs> I don't want to deal with your AC unit getting stolen. Right. Um, we had to so,
1: we had to start uh, caging all of them.
0: Yeah. We'd put it on. You know, we have to buy a cage. So you transition and you, to flipping.
1: Mm-hmm. and you were flipping a lot of houses like what were you doing yeah so yeah so now we're in 2010 2011 2012 i started flipping a little bit because the market was still pretty soft um, but that's when i started buying cash flow properties mm-hmm. um, Great I, time. Oh yeah it was amazing um so uh, one of my investor clients he was buying fourplexes here in phoenix and so we got to the you know i just you got to dig you got to know what what's what your clients want exactly, and so I asked him, "What kind of a rate, what kind of return are you trying to get with these fourplexes? Because they're a lot of work, you mm-hmm. know." And he's like, "Oh, if I can get a twelve percent return, I'm going to be happy." Well, I was eyeing a house in South Phoenix, a three bedroom for twenty five grand, but it was it wasn't in distress; it was a short sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, "Hey, what if I pay you fifteen percent if you fund my property hundred percent?" So he said, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, that first deal, I, it was, I borrowed 25,000 at 15%. So my payment was like 320, was 330. <laughs> and I rented it the next week for 750. Yeah. And then I went and I just kept doing that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So um, that's when you just went full bore into cash flowing. I wish I could say yes. I ended up selling a lot of those, almost all my rentals, i oh, to fund man. my fix and flip projects. Right. And so yeah, so it was good. Um, I needed the cash. You know, it, my businesses were really up and down, and so I ended up selling a lot of them and it was great. I mean, we'd buy them for 25, we'd sell them for 90, 110. Mm-hmm. But one of my mantras is you you uh, you flip for cash, but you hold for wealth. Right. All those are worth like 200,000 now. Yeah. Right? So, the big cash flow started a little over two, two and a half years ago when Mm -hmm. me and my business partner, BP, we were sitting there and we were making a ton of money, but, we were making a ton of money, but we had some deals that would go bad. And, you know, it's like, we worked and we're making money, but we don't have anything to show. We still gotta go find another deal mm-hmm. and another deal and another yeah. deal. And as you know, in Phoenix, things have been tight for the last like three or four years. Right. And so now we're starting to buy deals that don't make all, a lot of sense, you know, just to keep the pipeline going. all these damn wholesalers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> wholesalers <laughs> taking all the money out of it. So that's when we're like, we're done. We know how to do cash flow. We've mm-hmm. already, we already own some rentals we've we know how to do this and so that's when we decided we're going to go start buying apartments
0: gotcha and so that's when the cash flow and that's when it really started going yeah okay so let's talk about that so you made a, you made a conscious decision to go after apartments
1: yes it was like a year and a
0: half ago yes Okay. What was the thought process saying? It was
1: about two and a half years ago when we decided mm. we started buying a year and a half ago because you got to learn. And, you know, we, we had to pick our right strategy. And then we started looking for deals and networking and, and uh, you know, finding the right people who can bring us the right deals.
2: Right.
1: And we finally landed one that we closed in 2018 in uh, Hope, Arkansas. Interesting. <laughs> so, but let's talk about the thought process. Yes. Right?
0: what was in the calculations or decision process or was it just really obvious when you say i'm going to start buying apartment complexes
1: no we wanted to go with the right strategy we went with uh, bp went to a marco kozlowski event i don't know if you know who he Mm -hmm. is but he teaches apartments and he's real uh i don't know i like his style just because it's uh you're just looking for big big cap rates. Mm-hmm. You're looking for properties that are value add that can get really high returns because that way you can give a third away to your investor and, and still maintain. Um, so that was kind of the strategy. We didn't follow it exactly, but we just basically started looking for really high equity deals mm-hmm. and high cash flow deals. Right. Okay. So then how did you guys find that first apartment? Um, how we find almost every deal networking. Okay. That that deal was brought to us by actually a Phoenix investor, Mike Crane, bought us mm-hmm. that deal. He lives here, but he he was uh, searching LoopNet, and he's been you know he got in contact with this guy, and um, the guy had been a motivated seller for a little bit for probably two years because we knew a couple other investors who tried to get the property,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but he had just come down with uh, cancer, mm-hmm. and so he got really motivated. He wanted yeah. to sell it now, so right. Is that
0: the same one that you did with Corey? Is that different? Did you What's guys that? do a deal with didn't you guys do a deal with Corey?
1: Uh, Corey Peterson Thompson. Corey Thompson. No, no. I thought you guys did a deal with him. No, no, no. Hmm. Corey got us set on that Folio, though, and so yeah, we met Corey here in town, yeah. and uh, he got us going in Folio, which that's been a game changer for us. Well, uh, talk more about that. You want to go into that? Yeah. Okay. Appfolio is a is a software. Not an affiliate, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm not telling, saying this for any other reason, yeah. except it totally changed our world. So, Folio is an all-encompassing um, product. So, we all know the difficulties of management, especially if it's out of state. You know, mm-hmm. Arkansas, ten thousand people in the town, right? Like, how do you find a property manager? There are none. How do you manage these deals? So. Um, At Folio allows us to manage our 130 properties mm-hmm. all virtually, and because we, it can be done virtually, our assistants in the Philippines run all of our properties for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, At Folio does kind of everything. So, we think if you think about what your property manager does for you, here's what our property managers in boots on the ground don't have to do: they don't do marketing, they don't take applications they don't run credit they don't do leases they don't accept rent they don't do maintenance calls or they don't you know what i mean they don't call them for maintenance right. all of that is done within the system mm-hmm. so because of that it's allowed us to just go wherever we want it's right. it's amazing yeah so earlier today we had our meeting every wednesday for two hours we we uh, have discussions with our VAs. We have our two main apartments and then Cleveland. We're pretty big in Cleveland now. So, Who's we? Uh, BP and I. Okay. So I have two sides of my business. Over mm-hmm. here I have my real estate development side. That's how we make our cash. And then over here is my cash flow side. Mm-hmm. BP is my, bar- my business partner on that side. Gotcha. So two apartments, one in Hope, Arkansas. How many doors is that? So hopes twenty seven, mm-hmm. Bisbee we have uh, fifty two, mm-hmm. including uh, some RV spaces, and then fifteen units in Douglas, which is over there by by Bisbee. Um, I have eight units in Mesa, um, another seven in Phoenix, and then Cleveland. Yeah, we're we hope to be at a hundred units in Cleveland by the end of the year. You guys don't discriminate at location at all. No, it's got to be high cash flow. Cleveland wow. was by design. I did a lot of research to find a market because if we're going to buy these cheap properties somewhere, I don't want to buy one or two sporadically. Mm-hmm. We d- we picked a, a market and we went all in.
0: So let's talk about that because that's something that uh, my partner Max and I, you know, we're talking about because, you know, I went to uh, um, Real Estate Roundup, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: this is Brent uh, Moreno and Adam Johnson, big sip. and there's these guys on stage talking about, yeah, I've been wholesaling for like a year and a half, two years. And last year I bought 16 properties. Was like, what? <laughs> I've been wholesaling for a while. I didn't buy 16 properties last year, right? So, so I started talking about it. like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I'm buying these properties for 20,000. You know, you just have to put 8,000 down with the bank and they'll finance the rest. Like crazy numbers. Crazy numbers. Right? Mm-hmm. And so since then, uh, it's 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 come up in every quarterly offsite traction meeting that I have with Max. It's like, okay, we need to pick a market that we're just going to acquire rentals, yeah, and that's all we're going to do. Join us in Cleveland, my man. So let's talk <laughs> about how did we decide? How did you and BP decide on
1: Cleveland? So I had to get BP on board. I yeah. uh, I bought three before I even went to Cleveland just because the numbers were crazy, but. Once we went there, we were both all in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I researched a bunch. I I used to, you know, the wholesale world, the investing world, I would always get stuff emailed to me. And it's like, God, look at these prices, $20,000, and it's already rented for this. Like, must be in a war zone, whatever, which some of them are. But uh, just the numbers just intrigued me. So I started getting to know people in Cleveland. And then when I decided that, hey, I'm gonna buy some of these, because you would get them from everywhere. I just started doing some research. Pittsburgh's so all of these I'm gonna name are great cash flow cities. I just think Cleveland's the best. Okay. I researched Cleveland, Akron, Dayton, Columbus, Detroit, um, yeah, Pittsburgh, where else? There was a few more. Oh, Baltimore, um, Saint Louis. Yeah which Baltimore, St. Louis are the number one and number two highest crime in the nation, which is, yeah. that's exactly yeah, why I've we're not there. I'm Detroit's heard, three. I have friends in St. Louis and friends in, in, in Kansas City. Yeah, Missouri is, a, is supposed to be a really good one. So um, Cleveland, I just found, we could get for the cheaper price with the higher rents. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, uh, Dayton. Uh, so in Cleveland, you're going to buy, if you're buying it right, you're going to be all in for 30 grand for a house that this will rent for like... Here. Yeah, for like it'll rent for like 800, 900, section 8. Yeah. And uh so that same property in Dayton, um we could still get it for 30, but it's only going to rent for maybe like 7 or 600. Mm-hmm. In Detroit, you could buy that same house, but instead of 30, you're going to be paying like 40, 45. So, it was just kind of the perfect mix. Why do you suppose that is? I really couldn't <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe because Cleveland might be a little behind on the city kind of booming a, a little bit more. Detroit, mm-hmm. I think De- Detroit's had a little bit more money put into it. Yeah, there's a more. I think there's more investors moving into Detroit. But uh, yeah, Cleveland is we're, we're high on Cleveland, especially there is a bullet train that's going to be going in mm-hmm. that's going to get you from Chicago to Cleveland in 27 minutes. Wow. That's, that'll be a game changer for that city.
0: So these are all managed through, what Was it, folio? App, A-P-P-F-O-L-I-O. I mm-hmm. need to get an affiliate code, I'll tell you what. You definitely need to get an affiliate code. So all managed at Folio. managed by, which is run by the VAs, mm-hmm. but you still have a local boots on the ground.
1: Yes. So for each of our apartment, we do have a manager, but again, we don't, so we don't have to pay them a lot because they don't do a lot. They're mm-hmm. basically our a handyman. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have someone to take care of our maintenance issues. Gotcha. Yeah, so whenever something happens, we'll send the maintenance to them. And, so and like then they're, they're the ones talking to the tenants. You gotta have somebody there who like, <laughs> looks them in the eye, you know, right. because you can't tell a good tenant if you don't meet them. So
0: one thing I've heard from other investors, the reason why they don't like this strategy mm-hmm. is that cash flow is great, but there's no appreciation. I like guess always gonna be a rental market.
1: Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely true. Yeah. So, but we're investors. That thirty thousand, it's worth sixty. It is. I've sold them. We've flipped a few of them. Like, so you can easily buy with instant equity, and we buy knowing that it's not going to go up. Right. You know. And I don't care. Numbers make sense because we're probably never going to sell them. Why would I sell them? You know, once we buy them, we get them up running. When we get our long-term financing in place, you know, we get our 15-year financing. Um, in 15 years, our cash flow is going to absolutely explode. So you're buying all these on like, 15-year financing. We're buying them all with private money, mm-hmm. and we are in the process of converting them all to long-term. Yeah, we want because we want really wanted to ramp up, so we wanted to make it just easy, easy to say yes to us. So we. The notes that we put on these properties, they're seventy percent loan to value max. They're twelve percent interest, and they're a year. A year. Yeah. So say no to that, right? I mean. So you're telling investors, I will pay twelve percent for one year, and then. What? And we'll refi them out. Okay, so then you're going to have to get a mortgage. Yeah. Within a year, we'll we'll get the mortgage. We're working on. Uh, we're trying to do a blanket, so we don't have to do them one by one. Mm-hmm. So, so we can get uh, ten properties in one loan. Are you trying to implement the Burr model? Yeah, I mean that's really okay. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, um, gotcha. we don't always have to renovate. Um, a right, lot of, a lot of times they're just ready to go, but not that, always. That's incredible. That's the other boots on the Cleveland. Uh, big thing that we've had to do is so so. It's easier when it's apartments because everything's right there. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, we're kind of all over the place. Um, so we have a leasing agent to show the properties and, and help with that. And then we have a great uh, GC. He's rehabbing all our stuff, and he loves us because we give him a ton of work. Gotcha. And in Cleveland, they're all single family. Um, we have a few duplexes mm-hmm. that we're finding out we don't like them too much. Because. And that, um, you're dealing with more of a $500 tenant mm-hmm. instead of a, uh, even though we still, we always try to do section eight. So if that's the point, if it's that, it doesn't matter. But having that um, tenant upstairs, I don't know, it's just not as good D-plexes as a single family. They're, too level? they're always up down for the most part. Very few side-by-sides out Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. And so like last week we got a toilet leaking from tenant A into yeah. tenant B. So. Right. Luckily, they're sisters, so it's not that big a deal. But um, so we're looking at single families and then fourplexes. So let's talk about how you're finding these deals. Networking. Steve, <laughs> I tell you what, that, that's what we preach. That's we just network, network, network. Mm-hmm. Wholesalers are bringing us like eighty percent of our deals. We did begin a marketing campaign, um, you know, like an SMS campaign to some distressed owners, and mm-hmm. so we've got a little bit of traction there. But we buy. We just we talk to everybody. I go on marketplace and I just, I don't see it, ask if it's available. I ask, tell me about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. how many, are you a wholesaler? How many deals you got? This is we're buying five to 10 a month, you know, send me everything you have. I send them a map. This is where we buy. Um, I let them know I'm serious. Right now, that, that shows them that shows very quickly. Right, <laughs> we, this is what we already own. So, networking, networking, networking. So befriending
0: and all the wholesalers, befriending
1: town. all the wholesalers, and then we went out there. That's where we, you know, we took that GC to lunch. You know, we okay. got to know him well and make it a win-win with with him and all of our wholesalers. They know that if we say yeah, we're going to close, and so it's been great. Take a step back with the apartments. How are you?
0: I know you're saying it's networking. How are you attracting people to bring you apartment deals?
1: Networking. <laughs> right. Spe- spe- specifically. We, we, we just talk. It's We do the, the good old Brent Daniels, right? Mm-hmm. We talk to people. We talk to everybody we know. And then, I don't know, man. I'm kind of, uh, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. but I, I think the universe is out there. When you put stuff out to the universe, it comes back. Right. And so we just start talking about, all right, we're ready for another apartment. Let's do this. So is it, <clears throat> so you you know a lot of the people
0: out there and you're obviously putting on social media yeah but do you have like a routine you know like a prospecting routine like all right today i'm going to call 5 wholesalers in arkansas right 5 wholesalers in bisbee mm-hmm. you know like how do you talk to people intentionally
1: yeah so i talk to a lot of people on facebook for that cuz it's mm-hmm. just you know a lot of the wholesale sites there's just a lot of people out there yeah and uh, and get to know them and again putting it out there this is what we're looking for if i go to a uh one of those wholesaling sites and mm-hmm. i say looking for a cleveland property with cash buyers i mean yeah all these people are going to respond but yeah we put them in the database and mm-hmm. then yes absolutely we, we follow up that's that's one of my jobs is finding money and finding deals so let's pretend a wholesaler is watching a show there's a probability that that's happening yes sir what are you looking for What am I looking for? Uh, Typically, we want to be all in for under 40,000. We have certain zip codes that I could send. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, single families and fourplexes are mainly what we're looking for. But what I will say is send me everything. I'll review it and Mm -hmm. you you don't have to do it for me. Just send it to me and I'll get my GC out there and we'll get a number on it and we'll make an offer or... We like to, you know, I'm not a nickel-dimer. If it, mm. if it meets my strategy, I'm not going to try to save two grand. I'm going to say, cool, right. lock it up. What about multifamily? What are you looking for? Uh, for now, f- uh, Cleveland, fourplexes. We would probably go a little bit bigger, but fourplexes are really nice. I mean, the spreads on them are crazy. But outside of Cleveland? Outside of Cleveland.
0: Because it, it seems to me like you're buying across the country.
1: We are, um, so what are 30 plus units, and we want a minimum 12 cap going in or close to it with a value add. Performa or no performing? We want it to be both. Yeah, I'll look at every deal, you know. Yeah. We took so Bisbee's a, a good example. We took it over vacant. Mm-hmm. But it was a motel that we converted to an apartment, so there mm-hmm. was a major value add there and it was already in good condition. So uh typically we we want to have some people in there, but you know, we're gonna turn it. Right. Um Because that's our strategy. Our strategy is we need to be all in at two thirds of the value. Mm -hmm. So Arkansas, um, we have an appraisal at 750, we're all in for five. So that gives us our two thirds. So now we can refinance, Mm -hmm. pay all of our investors back while keeping them in the deal. And so now that our investors have their money back, Mm -hmm. they're still part owners, their cash flow is gonna reduce significantly, of course, because we're getting regular financing. But uh, yeah, so that's the goal. So that one, we owe five, it's worth 750. Bisbee, when we're done, um, we owe nine, and it should be worth about 1.5.
0: Very cool, awesome. So yeah,
1: because we we don't want to owe too much. We don't have to come with cash. So going back to what I was talking about earlier, you know,
0: possibly expanding, let's just say somewhere in Ohio, Mm -hmm. right? You're paying 30, 40 all in to wholesalers, but you're saying they're worth 60. Mm
1: why are they sending it to you versus somebody else there's a lot of them okay and a lot of people don't want to buy in the neighborhoods we're buying in
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh we physically walked the uh the neighborhoods they reminded us the kind of of maryvale
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know what i mean like i'm not scared of maryvale there's some uh 007 streets i don't want to walk. <laughs> but maryvale right. i'm comfortable in it yeah. and that was the vibe we got and so i'm i'm just comfortable being there uh ohio's got some stigma. Mm-hmm. you know if you go out especially to people in ohio hey i'm looking for cleveland and i got an east cleveland deal they're like oh you know stay away from east <laughs> cleveland it's the right. devil you know, like there's just a lot of opportunity out there gotcha. a lot of properties that need to be torn down that have been so torn you down. don't need to go direct to seller in these other markets is what i'm hearing you don't need to but we certainly are yeah I yeah. mean, that's the 20 percent, 80 from wholesalers and we want to we just started mark uh, ramping that up so we definitely want to find our own deals absolutely gotcha because then we can get more into the seller carry kind of stuff you know the the creative where we don't even have to go find financing because your typical wholesaler they're just they're programmed you know cash Mm -hmm. (laughs) quick close all cash right Right. that's that's what we've been trained and so they don't even ask if they would if they have a loan would you mind you know doing this that they don't even ask those questions typically gotcha um so you know, I
0: started this show May of eighteen, so coming up on two years. Um, and you know, it's been cool doing the show live on Facebook Live. You know, with yeah. the guests in in the studio, you know, in person, which has been pretty cool. It's been really good for for me. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know is that you were doing that even before me. Yes, sir. Right, you were doing Flipping
1: Fridays. We were doing Flipping Fridays. You know Talk about that. Yeah, Flipping Fridays was a lot of fun. Uh, so A Z Flip Guys is our. Uh, facebook page and we're on youtube as well yeah we did a 100 episodes um it was just me and bp my business partner we would i would list all his properties right another reason to get your license you know if you know investors you get to list all their Mm -hmm. stuff and we would meet every friday just to discuss and talk and we're just like man we should just go live with it we should just hit record and you know because we're so nonchalant and 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 you know just chill about it and we started doing that and it started out just teaching, you know, so we taught how to wholesale, you know, how to fix and flip, flip tips was a Mm -hmm. lot of it. And then we walked, we were literally walked them through two of those purchases on those apartments. We went through everything, several different episodes. Right. And then we started doing the interviews like Mm -hmm. you and uh, that was great. You know, added a ton of value. We hit, uh, we hit episode 100 and then we kind of took a hiatus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We might do something new, but it's going to be based on cash flow right. because neither one of us flip anymore. Yeah. Right. And so you know, we're do, I'm doing new builds. BPs strictly on the investing side. Well, you're in the batch studio, so you get what you need. <laughs> Dude, you need to the 2800 crew is simply amazing. That yeah. building, that this, and that. There you go again with uh, universe. Mm-hmm. So my business partner JD, I was over here in Mesa, and it was kind of cool because uh, my brokerage they were shutting down that office mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So for the last six months, I had like a 5,000 square foot building all to myself, really? but I'm like, we gotta get people in here. I need synergy. You know, mm-hmm. if I have these guys, you know, do this, here's the deal, check this out, comp that, you know what I mean? Like so much more could happen. Mm-hmm. And so I was just JD, I'm like, dude, I need a new office. I need synergy, synergy, synergy. I want to be around people who are doing stuff. And then Houston mm-hmm. was an absolute game changer for me. Yeah. And, uh, the universe brought me an office at 2800 North 24th Street, man.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a killer, killer office. So you got any questions about any of this before we talk about new build? So
1: we got lots of comments about your shirt. <laughs> yeah, you can find that one online. I got to add a little cash flow, Chris, to it. And this is my thing, man. Uh, it's all about, you know, assets and experiences mm-hmm. for me. I don't really care about stuff too much. Um, I want to do things. You know, uh, experience. I went to the 49ers championship game on my birthday a couple yeah, weeks ago. That was. about that.
0: I asked Chris to take his hat off before the show, but you wouldn't do it.
1: <laughs> that, was, that was worth so much more than anything I could buy. Yeah. You know, it was just life experiences. My kids have been to... Uh, You know, Hawaii, Costa Rica, all these amazing places. We went 22 days. We went on a 22 day vacation last summer. That's awesome. Across, you know, national parks around the nation. Like it was just, I love it, man. Oh, you're doing it for the right reasons, right? Um, Kyle Tran wants to know, are you ever closing rentals in a trust that roll up into a parent LLC? Nah, man, too much work. Eventually, we'll probably roll everything into a trust, but at this point, we're just in massive accumulation mode. We do do separate LLCs. Um, we'll probably do five to 10
2: mm-hmm.
1: in an LLC. Um, I know you should do, it's just, uh, you know how to do. We got a lot of bank accounts, a lot of LLCs. Buried in paperwork. Yeah.
0: Uh, Claudio Diaz wants to know how's it the work alongside the other top investors at the
1: TTP office? Absolute game changer. Well. <laughs> well, I'm partners with them now. We're, we have, uh, us combined, we have $21 million in the pipeline. We're building a 24-houses subdivision mm-hmm. together. We are uh, building a 60-unit apartment together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we just took down some Buckeye lot, like, they're, they're starting to fund all of our deals. It's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Right. It's and it's not even uh, just Batch. You know, we got Pace in the house every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Got Brent Daniels. I mean, that guy just blows my mind. He's so smart. So yeah. many high-level people. Just, you're always in there. Jamil's always in there. Right, That's the place to be. It's crazy. It's crazy the people that get in there.
0: Um, see what else is there. How did you find your uh, GC
1: in Cleveland? Lisa Garcia wants to know networking <laughs> <laughs> um you know bp found charles i don't really know exactly how but i'm it was networking you know just asking around who do you use who's your gc so we uh bp and i are both mentors in a group called the kingdom real estate and so oh, we, you are, uh-huh, oh, we are, are. Yeah. yeah it's just a thing that we just we, we do to just give back mm-hmm. you know it's not a paid gig or anything And so we have a lot of contacts in there. From that, we got a bunch of people in Cleveland. That's probably how we met Charles, Mm -hmm. our GC. That makes sense. Uh, Let's see. Thomas Bell wants to know,
0: how do you spell Marco's last name for the apartment investing training?
1: I would guess K-O-S-L-O-W-S-K-I, M-A-R-C-O. He's on Facebook.
0: All right, so let's talk about developing because the title of the show is about cash flowing, which is massive. Yeah. Love cash flow. But you have a whole separate business. Sure do. Let's talk about that business.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, oh, about two years ago, I kept buying all these crappy flips and uh I think I had a run of like three properties where at inspection I had a sewer line come up that mm-hmm. I had to replace and I had two roofs that I had to redo. Mm-hmm. And I was done, you know. It's take it was cut to where you're only making twenty, thirty thousand anyways, mm-hmm. which in our market is not a lot. All I mean right. that's this close to taking a loss if you're mm-hmm. only making twenty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you gotta pay eight, nine on top of that, and it's just it was so frustrating. And so I had done a few add ons and so this is how it, kinda how it happened. I sold I flipped a house in South Phoenix and it was a thousand square foot house. It was a newer one, uh, a burn, a fire damage, and I sold it for one fifty. So I'd like, yeah, that's $150 a foot. And I know what I can rehab for. And so I'm like, I bet you I could start building. And I know a lot of other companies were doing it. But the one-offs are a little bit more difficult because mm. they're they're gonna cost more. And so I uh I did a subdivision. I did an 11 lot subdivision right by there. I didn't end up developing it. Um, the partners kind of pushed me out on that one. Wow. Yeah, always have your paperwork lined up. That was, that was about 700,000 in profits that they made. Wow. And I didn't have a JV agreement. And so when my partner became a little bit financially unstable, he sold it. he sold half of the project off and said, thanks, but no thanks. Wow. So lesson learned there. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so that's so I did that, and then we just decided, hey, let's just start building. I found a found a, a lot, and we got it f- direct from the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, we started going direct to seller, and it was great. I mean, we bought the lot for forty. No, we bought the lot for thirty eight, I believe. We sold it to ourselves for forty five. I always pull cash at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then. We, one thirty, was the build. So one seventy five, and we sold that baby for two ninety two. It's pretty good. Yeah, and we're building the lot next door so right now. Man, crazy profit. Now, now they're all not all that that good, but you can always maintain your uh, twenty plus pro- percent profit margin. So that's the goal. 20% of the final sales price. Yeah, I learned uh, the fix and flip business from Robin Thompson. I don't mm-hmm. even know if she's around anymore. She's, she's awesome lady out of uh, Florida. Um, and so I just do her formula, which is similar. She learned from Ron Legrand. Mm. So what's it worth fixed up minus 30% um, minus, for me, cost to build m- equals your land purchase price. Right. And so that 30% is 10% for holding costs and closing costs. Twenty percent profit.
0: Gotcha. Simple enough. Um, so, I gonna mean, I already know the answer to this question. Where are you getting these
1: development opportunities? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, networking, but mostly we're going. I mean, this is, this is our town, so yeah, yeah. We, we've been uh, we've been going direct to seller.
0: Yeah. Well, we send you our land opportunities too. Uh-huh. Right? Sure did, so yeah. when, uh huh. Right. So when
1: Max is like, hey, we got this property, as land. Like, what should we do? Is like. Talk to Chris. That's why I love it. Nobody's doing it, <laughs> right? Especially infills. Mm-hmm. Very, very few people. Now it's much more popular than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, people are kind of catching on a little bit, but that's okay. First of all, they're easy to find. You don't even have to drive for dollars. You just Google maps for dollars, right? <laughs> right. And you just go on tax records, click, there mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, Batch, skip, trace, right? If you go to batch services, Cashflow Chris is that code there, of course. But it's easy. We throw them in, we get their info. And we, JD, my business partner, no, normally just door knocks. Yeah. We find their actual house. Mm-hmm. And most of these people have been sitting on these lots for decades. Yeah. And so it's not hard to buy them and as long as it meets our uh, our valuations. So on a lot, you don't want to be in the lot for more than 20% of ARV. So you mentioned uh, you got
0: all these different developments going on. Yeah. So how many developments you said you got?
1: We've got seven, 21 million? Yeah, the entire pipeline is like 24 million. We have 17 single families, um, like just infill stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the 24 lot subdivision that'll sell for around 13 million. And then the uh, apartment will be, the 60 unit will be worth around 9 million. And then we're also building an eight unit. Where are you building the apartment at? The sixty unit, Thirty Second Street and uh, Southern. Very cool, very cool. And guys, you know,
0: don't be afraid to ask questions. If you guys like something, you know, tag a friend or uh, give me
1: a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely, guys. Interactive. I love asking questions, and then also you can definitely uh, Cashflow Chris, Chris with the K. That's why I did Cashflow Chris, Chris <laughs> on Daveros. So nobody knows how to spell either one. <laughs> so yeah, Cashflow Chris, Chris with the K. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So I try to uh, try to share as much as possible. Uh, Jesse Bro wants to know how many homes you're trying to build in 2020. 2020, we originally had uh, a goal to do 36, mm-hmm. but that 24 kind of blew that out of the water. So we already have 41 in the works. Mm-hmm. So I imagine we can get 100 in the pipeline because we wanted. Now we're like, well, if we can do 24 at a time, why don't we just start doing subdivisions? So Jesse and them are finding us land mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, we made a post the other day that we're looking for land, and we literally have like seven or eight opportunities that we're looking at now.
0: What are the challenges right now, right? Like you were able to develop, build whatever, one house, two houses. There's got to be some sort of next hurdle or right. one or two major
1: obstacles to go from building one house to building subdivision. Well, the main thing that we didn't want to do is manage, because I've always been a... I do it myself. I manage my crew. I do it for as cheap as possible. And I, oh man, there was. I remember one day I saw, I had nine receipts from Home Depot on the same day. I had gone to Home Depot nine times. Like I was just I was the runner. I was the lowest guy on the mm-hmm. totem pole. So we started just hiring GCs. Yeah. And that's our that's our biggest thing is to find GCs a to come in at price, mm-hmm. and then b who will can really manage the project with very little hand holding, but you know, we found them. We got we got our handful of guys. Now you ask, how do we ramp up to the subdivision, dude? That's gonna be way easier. Because imagine you're a, a general contractor, and I say, hey, oh, you know, will you build this house, this one house? Okay, will you build these 24 houses? Yeah, you're gonna do it. You're gonna give me a great price for it too. Right. You know, now once we get that, it flips to where, well, now they're coming to us. Mm-hmm. We put it out there. Hey, we've got 24 houses subdivision to build. Bring us your bids, you know, here's our floor plans, bring us your bids, not please build a house for me. Right. Please come in for under a hundred dollars a foot. No, like here's where we are. Do you want an eight million dollar project this year? So how many dollars a foot are you for twenty four properties? Uh so a lot of people don't understand they think when you say how much it is per foot, mm. that's how much it is for everything. Mm-hmm. So just keep in mind we're we're looking to be at ninety dollars a foot for the build, but mm-hmm. that includes the house. It doesn't include block walls. It doesn't include landscaping. Um, you yeah. know, so there's right a few other things involved. It obviously doesn't include land. Somebody the other day is like they thought it included land. Mm-hmm. No, that's just the cost of the house. That'd be incredible. So yeah, ninety under under a hundred dollars a foot. If you if a homeowner calls. A GC they're gonna have be a minimum 130 140 a foot. Yes yeah, to say at least 120 So you're well below have to be um, and wants to know what's the name of that South Mountain community? To be determined. We don't have a name actually. Uh, <laughs> we're considering uh, some sort of um, Community uh, I Don't know we want to put it out there to the community to find out what it's going to be called It's on Olney. I don't know if that's a pretty enough word to be the subdivision but it's up on the mountain beautiful city views mountain views yeah it's gonna be awesome it's, it's gonna be real real cool to experience um uh, all right annie so. i need a name
0: that's your job <laughs> she's great she's uh she's the the troublemaker for sure but she's great uh so what does
1: your day look like you know with with, with all these things you got going on what does my day look like? Well, I definitely do my best to time block as much as I can. Um, my weeks always start off Monday morning, 6 a.m., uh, with my accountability group. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for three years now, and that's been another reason why my life has really changed. Um, having an accountability part group is vital
2: mm-hmm.
1: running an accountability group makes you even more accountability. I can't slip up. I can't. I've missed in the last two years I probably missed like four times yeah. two of those because I was sick two of them because I literally didn't have Wi-Fi or mm-hmm. whatever at being out of town um, but yeah so I have my living your best year ever journal mm-hmm. and um, so my Monday morning start with that I review that with my people tell them what went good what went bad um, every night I end um, writing out a daily gratitude Um, I want my goal is to do it every single every single day daily gratitude if you don't have if you can't find the little things in life you know it's hard to uh, hard to expand and then uh, yeah and then I just have my week sectioned out Um, Wednesdays are our cash flow days Uh, Thursdays our, when we meet with Annie and them, and we go over our subdivisions. And then other than that, I just, I try to time block to make sure I get everything in. Cause yeah. there's a lot.
0: Well, I love with how much intentionality, right? I mean, where you're planning out your weeks ahead of time. Um, and the gratitude piece, you know, um, my daughters have been complaining a lot. The oldest one really. And so I was like, look, we're buying gratitude journals. Beautiful. You get to pick which gratitude journal <laughs> you're gonna use. <laughs> But you're using a gratitude journal. I can't deal with all this uh, complaining nonsense.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, yeah, doing this with our kids is, is so vital, man. Yeah. I mean, teaching my kids how to do affirmations, meditating with my kids. I don't do it as much as I need to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to make it a nightly thing, um, and that's that's on me because yeah. they're they're cool with it. They like it. But imagine, imagine you're a stressed-out little 12-year-old, and at night, you do a five minute breathing routine, right? Mm-hmm. They're always so relaxed. And then, you know, what are you grateful for? What, you know, and then affirmations, right? You know, empowering them, letting them know. That's the funnest they're part. They're great me. people. The funnest part for me is doing, is is
0: sharing what's working for us, right? For them, they got an incredible head start. Uh, so you started in 2004. I did. All right. I started in 2007. So I got to enjoy none of the, the run up. <laughs> You've experienced this cycle before.
1: Yeah. What is your plan for when we have the next cycle? When we have, absolutely. It keeps being pushed back. I don't know why we haven't already. It's really... Uh, Man, there was that article a couple of days ago. They're talking about getting rid of debt to income ratios. Like, right. <laughs>
0: One more time. <laughs> We don't um, need to stimulate this housing market anymore.
1: We're good. Yeah, you know, it just seems like we're going to be in a lot of trouble because our interest rates are so low. There's really nowhere to go. Yeah, you can't do anything yeah. to stimulate anymore. Like, just stop stimulating. Yeah. Just- so, as a developer, someone who's kind of always looking a year out, mm-hmm. November worries me a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be honest. Um, of course. Things could change fast. Fast. Um, I don't see what I saw last time, Mm -hmm. right? Um, All these houses that we flipped over the years, when you look at what their payment was, you know, they have a payment of $700, $800, where the same house will rent for Mm -hmm. $1,200. Back then, you saw when I would do these REOs, you would look, they would have this crazy mortgage, and then they would have a HELOC, 100 grand. All these people were buying boats, vacations, all this crazy stuff.
0: You know, one of my regrets. Mm -hmm. We were cleaning out this house. It was, it was a bank property. I bought it with one of my, one of my clients. Third transaction, or third real estate transaction I ever did. And the guy that got foreclosed on was a loan officer for uh, Countrywide.
1: Oh, Countrywide, they made right. so much money
0: back then. And I, I like I said, this is like my, one of my very few regrets because I saw the underwriting guidelines and we threw it out. And underwriting guidelines was you had to be at least two days out of bankruptcy before <laughs> we'll lend you money. <laughs> not one though not one that's, that's ridiculous you he can't hasn't learned one. his lesson yet he's got to be at least two days <laughs> and yeah. he's got to be alive
1: unbelievable okay yeah. so yeah you don't see anything changing right now so you're and that money about... that money was more expensive it was actually a lot more expensive it lot more right expensive, yeah. it was all six percent money if you're getting helocs mm-hmm. stuff like that lines of credit you're talking eight percent money seven and so people didn't have affordable houses back then i was a perfect example foreclosure right here right yeah. i let it go um because first of all i wasn't making a lot of money but my house was worth when it went into foreclosure i owed three hundred thousand, and it sold for 118 mm-hmm. but that wasn't the problem it was the 1900 a month payment
2: mm-hmm.
1: when i could go rent a house next door for a yeah. thousand and that's what we did we downsized we reduced expenses got dumped that debt I mean, that was in 11, so we're nine years later, it's still only worth like $260.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, we let that go. It w- affordability is always key. So that's why I don't think you're not going to s- stop paying on your $800 payment to move into a $1,200 rental. Right. And when we look at foreclosure statistics, they're actually down year over year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're at like, I believe like right around a 4% foreclosure rate, which I'm is so, so so... Is it going to happen the way it did happen it won't no, happen the same way it's gonna sure. happen another way yeah and
0: um, yeah, you made a great we'll uh, post you know I have been harping on this for quite some time but 270 people moving here every single day wow. positive positive migration 270 people every single day every day uh, so what is your why
1: what is my why uh, man I just read a, a a few months ago I read this great book I'm sure you've heard about it it's called The Alchemist
0: you know, that's on my list. I
1: haven't read that one yet. It was great. And I, kind of the premise is, are you living your personal legend? That's what they call it, your mm-hmm. personal legend. And that's what my talk on Miami was kind of about. Um, complacency, man. It's it's no good. We only get one one chance at this. And so my why kind of goes back to the very beginning, um, that car accident. Like, my friend died in that car accident. So I have two two lives to live, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was in that, that bed, man, I thought I should have died. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not happy with my life. And so I, I made a conscious decision that I'm just going to go all out. I find the woman, you know, that I wanted and mm-hmm. found the career and, man, awesome. Yeah. So I want to live my personal legend. I want to be the best that I could be.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. You know, we only get one opportunity and we don't recognize it. So. You know, it sucks to have that car accident. Yeah. But it's also
1: a blessing. Changed my life. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be, you know, because everything kind of lined up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if I never came back from Portland, I wouldn't be married with, to my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. Right. I wouldn't have my career. So.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's huge. Uh, family first with the Campbells. They want to know what's a good zip code in Cleveland for, for, for what you're
1: looking for? we buy 44109 44120 44105 those are our, and uh 44113 we try to those are, that's where we buy our fourplexes cuz mm-hmm. that's the west side that's the uh, gentrification part of town mm-hmm. things are
0: turning over there so
1: and we love that one
0: DC says David Ethan and Levi say hey oh my family um Gerald Rojas says seems like developing at the peak of the market is risky business um,
1: how do you analyze developing deals? Maybe, possibly, but we focus mainly on starter homes. So I don't build anything million bucks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, those houses on the mountain—they're going to be six fifty and under, which is a steal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so if we had to convert to rentals, um, that's most of them would still cash flow. Um, so we would build a lot of starters like. 235 to 280 is uh, what we'd sell them for. So we're gonna be all in those for 150, 180. Yeah, I think that's huge, right,
0: strategically, is you always wanna be at around median, below it if you can. Yeah.
1: But at median price, and for you guys who don't know, like in Phoenix, median is 285,000. Hey, I don't have to list our properties for sale. Yeah. We sell all of them on our own. Right. I have another agent that I use, so we have uh you know, we can split it off, so I don't have that dual agency, but mm-hmm. I list them on MLS and pinned them immediately. So it's it's pretty easy right now, but yeah, he's absolutely right. It is a risk, but it's Mm -hmm. a risk I'm willing to take. We have still a minimum 500,000 too few homes. We were just at the builders show in Mm -hmm. uh, Vegas last week. I mean, we can't, (laughs) none of us can build them fast enough. We
0: can't, we can't. And that's uh, one of the things that uh, they're talking about is we're expecting, anticipating, double digit appreciation in 2020. Which is maddening right but there's just not enough houses with how many people that are moving
1: here it's nuts yeah uh what's your biggest struggle right now my biggest struggle um probably raising money that's one of my one of of my biggest uh chores is deals are kind of just flowing especially Mm -hmm. when you get up to the development world because there's very little competition Mm um man you get an off-market development deal sent to you, like there's nobody else looking at it. So yeah. that's pretty sweet. So yeah, just uh, finding bigger money. Um, so how are you solving that problem? Uh, networking, I, I call, that. that's my main call list. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of social media. We kind of put it out there. Anybody who raises their hand with interest, we're always constantly What's following What's your message us. to stay out of trouble on social media? Well, I don't pool money. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm wrong. But I'm selling an asset. Like when we do notes in mm-hmm. Cleveland, we put it out there, twelve percent interest for a year, because that's the terms of the note. That's literally what it is. It's right. not. You're not promising a yeah, return. Yeah, we not promising anything. You're or, you're buying an asset. Yeah. It's the same as buying a house. Right. So that's how we stay out of trouble there. If we do pool money, which we have, we just it's just all below the the scene. You know, behind the scenes, and then obviously right. you have to have a lawyer involved. Have a have yeah. that, but. Yeah, we're usually just doing notes.
0: For someone right now that wants to get into developing, right, they've been wholesaling for a while, like, man, I'm ready to start. It's full, sorry. (laughs) Outside of Phoenix, they're not in Phoenix. So they're ready to start developing. What advice would you give them in their market on how to build out uh, to get
1: funding? Okay, so first, before you're worried about funding, I want to make sure how viable building is in my community. Uh, you need to find out what can you build per foot. You know, get get with your GCs. You know, really find out. Try to n- not narrow that down. Find out how much you can. You're gonna have to pay for land. Some places it's cheap. Some places it's expensive for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then, what's your uh, what can you sell it for? You know, we're selling for 180, 190, 200 dollars a foot. That allows us to, to make the math equation work. You mm-hmm. know, real estate investing is a math equation. As long as you got the what it's worth done right and mm-hmm. what it costs to do right, you can you can do that right. So, um, first of all, make sure it's a viable option, and then find other builders in your network. Um, find you know, take them out to to lunch, whatever, and pick their brain and go at them as, hey. I've been running across some lots. You know, what are you looking for? What are you building? And then wholesale and then watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with the raising money, you go, it's pretty similar to uh, fix and flips. Um, you can either finance the gap in the back with the second mortgage or, you know, borrow a little bit more up front and do the first mortgage.
0: But as far as finding the guys with the money, how would you recommend they find the guys
1: with the money? Um, beneficiary list is has always been good for me. I mean again for me I, I hate to all it's always network, 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 mm-hmm. but it's true. Yeah. Um we were talking about earlier, I'm a real estate agent and my best investors are realtors. Mm-hmm. They are sold on real estate, right? They believe in it, they sell it, but they don't necessarily want to do it themselves. So I I talk to everybody I know about it. And but here's the conversation. So, Steve, you know, oh, man, here's what we're doing. Boom. It looks like this, 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 this. Do you know anybody who would be interested in investing in a type of deal? You know, our investors are getting this, this, and this. Like, do you know anybody? I would never ask you for money. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that just makes it weird. Mm -hmm. But do you know anybody? So maybe you know somebody, but if it's you, you're going to be like, whoa. Right. I know me. Let's go, right? So... Talk, 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 Everybody that you know in your world needs mm-hmm. to know about it. And then you probably need to start hanging out with people who aren't in your world, <laughs> you know, because. a circle. Yeah, I mean, most people are like, oh, I don't know anybody with money. Oh, well, go meet new people. Yeah, make new friends. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what is your superpower? What is my superpower? Oh, man, I knew this was coming, too. I should have thought about it. <laughs> um, I think vision and, you know, having the faith and putting a deal together Um, Whether, you know, it's the fix and flips to the developments, you know, just kind of seeing that, seeing that vision and then, and then believing in myself that I can make it happen. Because entrepreneurship is a lot of, you know, jumping off the cliff and figuring it out on the way down. And if you don't jump, it's never going to happen. Right. Yeah, I tried to,
0: uh, I was trying to find like um, a GIF or something from the Lego movie of them jumping off something and building the plane. And building the
1: plane, oh man, that's because a good one. That's how I view our world, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna jump off this cliff and I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> and that's the difference between the people who are extremely successful and those that aren't, they're not willing to take the leap. Yeah. You got to. Uh, what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Um, in business, in real estate, get into cash flow as soon as you can. Um, wholesaling and flipping is a transactional business. Once you make your money, yeah, it's good money, you gotta go find another deal, another deal. So, let's just say we're gonna, you know, 130 units, I mean, it's a lot. Once we're fully going, that should be, I don't know, 70,000, 80,000 a month.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, of course you have a lot of expenses, so I'm not, but just think about that. I don't have to go find that again. Right. You can make a $70,000 on a flip, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make it every month, every year, every year, every year. Yeah. I mean, flip for cash, hold for wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, Every every week I get uh, all my properties I list on Zillow originally. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm still the owner. So Zillow is always, anytime there's an update, they send me, here's what it's worth. And on Instagram, I'll always post, boom, we sold this for this much, and Mm -hmm. now it's worth this much, right? Right. So hold, hold, hold as much as you can. Find a way. Right now, money is so cheap. Money is free right now. If you have the ability to get a loan and you have some cash, go buy some cash flow Mm -hmm. because I mean, the money is so super, super cheap. And then I always teach to throw it on a 15-year. Um, you, you always got to buy with equity. You always got to buy with cash for cash flow. But throw it on a 15-year, and by the time you're in your 40s, 50s, you will be very happy with yourself. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Sam wants to know what is your contact info. Um, cash flow, Chris, on all platforms. Um, that's the easiest way. Um send me a send me a message. Uh Instagram's probably a little bit easier. My messenger kinds you know doesn't let everybody through. So how yeah. uh, how can a- Andrea wants to know how can she get that shirt? Google
0: it. <laughs> I <laughs> bought it online, I don't know. I should start selling it, right? You should. You should. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite, best or most interesting failure?
1: Oh man, there's been a lot. Um, you know, at the end of my flipping, I, I just, I bought too many bad deals and um, I put myself in a, in a, in, some bad situations with lenders and, uh, you know, I lost a, a few lenders because, and it wasn't necessarily because they didn't get paid. I, you know, always, every, people have always been paid and that. That always kind of perplexed me a little bit. It's like, you made 12, 15%, you you know, you made this. What's what's the problem? Well, the problem is I didn't live up to what I said I was gonna do.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I said I was gonna pay you off at this date. And while, yeah, you got a great return, you know, you, I didn't live up to what I said. So, yeah. so breaking promises, which is never intentional, that's always been a, been a tough one for me. Yeah, I'm still actually dealing. I got two more bad deals that I'm trying to get through. Um, but luckily we're in a highly appreciating market. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it will happen. Uh, is there one book that you've gifted more than any other? Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 100%. And then, no, I'll have to take that back. Living Your Best Year Ever journal. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's out of print now. Uh, Darren Hardy doesn't do that anymore. But if you can. does No, he does something different. He, mm-hmm. That's out of publishment. But yeah, Living Your Best Year Ever. It's a journal. Um, it's a book. The first part is a book. And then the second part, you evaluate your year. Um, and uh, my wheel, I, I always put my wheel, you know, because it's a you mark where you're at on all phases of your life, mm-hmm. financial, family, business, You know, physical, spiritual. You want to be a 10 on everything. You want a nice big wheel, right. but it's not, you know, we have crooked wheels, we're good here, <laughs> we're, we're bad there. Non-functional wheels. <laughs> yeah, so the goal is to always be improving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely, a rich dad, poor dad is fundamental. Um, and then, and if you want to grow, gotta have a journal. David Davila's got an interesting question here. What's up David? How much is the most you would ever pay for a watch? <laughs> I think uh, this might be coming from a little uh, meme that we were talking about. It says cash flow chris don't buy rolex cuz rolex don't cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't I got my Propelio, I got my uh, secret knock. I don't know. I don't really wear watches, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, ten thousand to give as a gift. How about that? There you go. Hey, but a good friend of mine told me that uh, Rolex has survived him through the downturn. You know, he he lost, kind of lost everything, and uh, he didn't sell his rollies and they kept their value. You know, he's able to cash in, and that kept him going during the downturn. So maybe I'm. They don't cash flow, but they hold their value. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All
0: right. So uh, I'm going to make a few quick announcements. Think about what you want to leave the listeners with. Yes. guys. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Max and I, we got a lot of really good reviews uh, from our last workshop. Uh, so if you guys want to check it out, uh, go to disruptors.com. Where our next one's going to be in April. Uh, it's a two and a half a day event. where We go over everything in our business, what's making our business tick. So if you're interested in checking that out, go to disruptors.com. And next week we got Leon Johnson, who is, um, you know, it's a very fascinating guy. He's doing what you're doing, or he did what you're doing mm-hmm. and he's living a pretty good life right now. Cause he started doing creative financing in 1978 Oof. before I was even born. Yeah. That was my year. Yeah. So it's, it's gonna <coughs> be an interesting show. Uh, lots of, uh, really, you know, w- lots of wisdom and the few times I've spoken with him. So, um,
1: Last thoughts. So for all the real estate investors out there, I would say, you know, I'll keep to my mantra flip for cash, you know, flipping great, wholesaling's great. You make good money, but you got to start holding for wealth, mm-hmm. you know, get that cash flow in your life. Um, it's going to be consistency and it's going to really, when we have that downturn, it's going to make people a lot, a lot more comfortable and then on the personal side yeah man i would say find a journal start start actively participating in your life um jesse itzler i don't know if you know Mm -hmm. jesse itzler two great books um he wrote he breaks it down to you we don't know how many times we have left an example of his is uh my wife my parents are 75 average expectancy is 80 let's just say So they have five more years left if everything goes right, Mm -hmm. and I see my parents five times a year. That means I'm going to see my parents 25 times more in their lifetime. It's a different perspective. Right? Um, My grandma lives here in the Phoenix area, right? My, uh, My sisters live here, but I don't see them as much as I can. So I started being intentional. My sister, I had lunch with my sisters yesterday. I may or may not see them again this month, but I'm gonna see them at least one time every month. We mm-hmm. calendar it. My parents, I put them on the calendar. And so being intentional with your life, it, it's easy to go a whole year without doing some things. So putting things on your calendar, the most important things in your life, and uh, which includes vacations, which includes lots of things, Right. you know? So yeah, being intentional because every year goes by faster. Because every year is a smaller percentage of your life than the year before, yeah. so it's not a coincidence that every year, just you know, when you get older, time flies. Yeah, you know that—that's how life is. So, yeah, man, just uh, live your personal legend.
0: And I want to add just one one, one part to that. You know, um, something that Darren Hardy's big—I'm uh, a big—I'm uh, a big fan. He talks about you know what will happen to your life if you stop tracking everyone else's statistics and just started tracking your own personal statistics. Or and that's what you're doing right you're tracking how many times you're having uh, senior sisters senior parents and your grandparents
1: yeah. vacation days hey I mean, check this you are you're a dad so kids are pretty much worthless till they're 4
2: <laughs>
1: and then they're gone when they're 18 yeah you have 14 summers with your daughters yeah think about that so are you just going to eh, we're not going to do anything i'm too busy i got to work mm-hmm. you know or are you going to take them on an epic 22 day vacation like that's what i decided um, this year we're, we're researching going on to Scandinavia right now and maybe, yeah, maybe people don't have the money or whatever, but still set some time aside, put Doesn't have put it on the calendar. Yeah. It could be San Diego. It could be whatever. Yeah. Um, it, a staycation, spend time with your people because before you know it, I mean, 14 summers, mm-hmm. that sucks. My kid's 12. That means I got six more summers. So this one is going to be amazing. And the next five after that are going to be simply amazing because That's all we get. And actually being
0: present on the vacation. Oh, yeah. Turn that stuff off. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you guys for watching. appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Awesome.